Would you open God's precious holy word to Leviticus chapter 13? Chapters 13 and 14 are two of the most exciting chapters in the Bible. <laughs> it's all exciting. We're in the part of Leviticus where Yahweh is teaching his people through Moses of the difference between being clean and being unclean in his sight. Now they are the worshipers of Yahweh. There would be no wasted words in what Yahweh would instruct. So this is important to the people because they are the worshipers of Yahweh. And Yahweh wants his worship to be pure. He wants his people to be as pure as possible when they come into his presence. And so there are laws about clean, being clean and being unclean that teach the people the importance of preparation for and purity in worship. Now this is an example to us. Paul writes to the Corinthians and he says, all of these things were given to Israel as an example for us. So we can look at how God expected Israel to deal with uncleanness, for example. And we can know that Christ has dealt with these things for us. But in knowing that, we can see something of the mind of God with regard to the, to the great care through his instructions, the great care that worshipers should take coming into the presence of Yahweh. So these two chapters, we'll only look at 13 tonight. These two chapters deal with uh, skin diseases and garment diseases. What I want to do is I want to pretty much read, there's 59 verses in this chapter. I want to just read right through these 59 verses and then at the end of it, try to simplify what we just looked at in a, a summary or some outlines that I have. And I've outlined it in various ways. And then at, right after that, draw some conclusions that, makes, that make this teaching this chapter, along with chapter 14, 13 and 14 go right along together. Why, why that's important for us to think about and reflect upon. So here we, go, here we go, skin diseases. Now I've left, I've, I've left the, the, the transliteration of the Hebrew here. Let me tell you why. I, I will give you a translation of it. But these words are very general terms and tzara'at, uh, uh, for example, is translated leprosy, but it's, it speaks of an oozy, scabby skin disease. Could be leprosy, might be something else. So we, you have to keep that in mind when you're looking at this. In that day, of course, they would have understood exactly 
So here we go. Yahweh spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, if a man has a sa'it, if he has a swollen place, a sapachat, a scab, a running scab, or a baharit, that's a, that's a patch, or like a white patchy spot that doesn't look right, on the skin of his flesh, and it forms a lesion of tzara'at. We'll just call that leprosy, but it's, it's like an oozing, oozing runny, runny sore, okay? Generally, leprosy. On the skin of his flesh, he shall be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons, the priests. The priest shall look at the lesion on the skin of his flesh and if hair in the lesion has turned white and the appearance of the lesion is deeper than the skin of his flesh, it is a lesion of tzara'at, of, we're just going to say leprosy, okay? When the priest sees this, he shall pronounce him unclean. Now, this is, take note, and I, I think I have this in one of the outlines later, but this is not a medical thing. This is a ritual thing. This is a worship thing, all right? So keep that in mind. If it is a white baharit on the skin, a, uh, if it's a patch, its appearance is not deep with the skin, his hair is not turned white, the priest shall quarantine the person with the lesion. For seven days and on the seventh day, the priest shall see him and behold, the lesion has remained the same in its appearance. The lesion has not spread on the skin. So the priest shall quarantine him for seven days a second time. And the priest shall see him on the seventh day a second time and look or behold, the lesion has become dimmer and the lesion has not spread on the skin. The priest shall pronounce him clean. It is just a scab, a mispakath. And he shall immerse his garments and become clean. It could have been a mosquito bite. A lot of things it could have been. But in those days, without being able to test it under a microscope, you just, if, it, if it's this aberration on the skin, then we're going to have to truth. You see, God is wanting his people to maintain purity and cleanliness within the camp. They could, they could be called upon, really, they could... They could come before Yahweh at any time for worship. In order to do that, they had to be prepared for that. So this is the importance of all of this. However, if the mispachath spreads on the skin after it's been shown to the priest for its purification, it should be shown to the priest a second time. The priest should look at it and behold, the mispachath has spread on the skin. The priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is it is leprosy. If a man has a lesion of leprosy, he shall be brought to the priest. The priest shall look at it and behold, there is a white sa'it. It's a, it's a swelling. And either it has turned the hair white or there is healthy live flesh in the sa'it. It is old leprosy on the skin of his flesh and the priest shall pronounce him unclean. He doesn't need to quarantine him because he's already seen to be unclean. And if the leprosy has spread over the skin whereby the leprosy covers all the skin of the person with this lesion from his, let's see, from his head to his feet, wherever the eyes of the priest can see it, then the priest shall look at it and behold, the leprosy has covered all of his flesh he shall pronounce the person with the lesion clean. He has turned completely white. 
Okay? He is clean. But on the day that live flesh appears in it, he should become unclean. Now, this is a ritual. This is a process that's difficult for me to understand. But this is something that the priesthood uh, were required to do. When the priest sees the healthy live flesh coming back, you know, just like it does when you lose a scab or whatever, he shall pronounce him unclean because the live flesh is unclean. It is leprosy. But if the healthy live flesh once again turns white, he shall come to the priest. The priest shall look at it. Behold, the lesion has turned white and the priest shall pronounce the lesion clean. He is clean. So this is where it's coming back. We'll see more about this when I get to the outline to summarize all of this. If a person's flesh has an inflammation on its skin and it heals and on the place of the inflammation there's a white seat, there's a, a, a white uh, swelling or a reddish white baharit which is a patch, a patch of skin, an unusual looking patch of skin, it should be shown to the priest. The priest should look at it and behold its appearance is lower than the skin and its hair has turned white. So the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a lesion of leprosy that has erupted on the inflammation. It's going deeper than the skin. And if the priest looks at it, behold, it does not contain white hair, nor does it appear to be lower than the skin and it's dim. The priest shall quarantine him for seven days. If it spreads on the skin, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It's a lesion. But if the priest remain, I'm sorry, if the, if the, uh, if the, if the patch remains in its place, not spreading its scar tissue of the inflammation and the priest shall pronounce him clean. Now you can see, you can see how this could keep the priesthood pretty busy. I mean, to have to even examine scar tissue to make sure. And you can also see how meticulous the law is with regard to the cleanness of the people who would worship Yahweh. If a person's flesh has a fire burn on the skin and on the healed area of the burn, there's a reddish white or white, uh, a white, uh, a white uh, patch. The priest shall look at it and behold, the hair has turned white in the baharit and its appearance is deeper than the skin. It is leprosy, which is spread in the burn. So the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a lesion of leprosy. But if the priest looks at it and behold, there's no white hair in the baharit and it's not lower than the skin and it is dim, the priest shall quarantine him for seven days and the priest shall look at it on the seventh day. If it is spread on the skin, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a lesion of leprosy. But if the, uh, if the patch of skin remains in its place, not increasing on the skin, and it is dim, it is, a, it is just a, a swelling of the burn. It could be a blister. That's one of the things that word could be used for. And the Kohen shall pronounce him clean because it's the scar tissue of the burn. If a man or a woman has a lesion on the head or on the beard area, then the priest shall look at the lesion and behold, its appearance is deeper than the skin and it is a thin golden yellow hair. The priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a scale. It's a scaly skin which is leprosy of the head or of the beard. When the priest looks at the scale lesion, scaly flesh lesion, and behold, its appearance is not deeper than the skin and there is no black hair in it, the priest shall quarantine the person with the scaly lesion for seven days. 
The priest shall look at the lesion on the seventh day and behold, the scale has not spread or the scaly flesh and no golden yellow hair was in it. And the appearance of the scale is not deeper than the skin. He shall shave himself, but adjacent to the scale, he shall not shave. And the priest shall quarantine the person with the scaly skin again for seven days. Then the priest shall look at the scaly skin on the seventh day and behold, the netech did not spread on the skin and its appearance is not deeper than the skin. The priest shall pronounce him clean and he shall immerse his garments and become clean. But if the scale spreads on the skin after he has been, been declared clean, the priest shall look at it and behold, the scale has spread on the skin and the priest need not examine it for golden yellow hair because he's unclean. But if the appearance of the scale has remained the same or if black hair has grown in it, the, the scale has healed, he is clean. So the priest shall pronounce him clean. Now remember that's up here where that would take place. If a man or a woman has spots on the skin of their flesh, white spots, the priest shall look and behold, there are dim white spots on the skin of their flesh. It is a pigmentation which has spread on the skin. So he's clean. If a man loses the hair on the back of his head, he's bald. <laughs> it all, why does it always start right there? I don't know. It's just interesting. He's bald. Don't turn him in. The poor guy's bald. He's clean. Thank you, God. If he loses his hair on the side toward his face. See, when you get like this, you just have to have a lot of face cleaner because your face is growing up here. He's bald at the front, but he's clean. If there's a reddish white lesion on the back or front bald area, it's a spreading leprosy in his back or front bald area. So the priest should look at it and behold, there's a reddish white, say, uh, uh, a swollen lesion on the back or front bald area like the appearance of leprosy on the skin of the flesh. He is a man afflicted with the leprosy. With leprosy, he is unclean. The priest shall surely pronounce him unclean. His lesion is on his head, not on his person or skin. Otherwise, the person with leprosy in whom there's the lesion, his garments shall be torn. His head shall be unshorn and he shall cover himself down to his mustache and call out unclean, unclean. All the days of the lesion, uh, all the days the lesion is upon him, he should remain unclean. He is unclean. He shall dwell isolated. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Okay, going to go right into the diseases of the garment. Well, hey, ladies, just go to your husband and say, hey, I'm sorry. This, these dresses all on this side of the closet are diseased. <laughs> I got to get new stuff. And as for the garment that has the lesion of leprosy on it, on a woolen garment, on a linen garment. Now you see, this is where tzara'at, this is where the broader meaning of the word comes in. Probably talking about uh, 
deep mold or mildew or something that would be difficult to deal with. And in those days with, with clothing that was made of, of the material that was natural material in those days, obviously the, the clothing could be spoiled uh, quickly. And even today we know the dangers of, of letting mildew or black mold, for example, uh, be in our dwelling place. On a woolen garment, linen garment, or on the threads prepared for the warp of the woof of linen of wool, on leather or anything made from leather, if the lesion on the garment, the leather, the warp or wool thread, that is threads, or on any of leather article is deep green or deep red, it is a lesion of leprosy, and it shall be shown to the priest. The priest shall look at the lesion, and he shall quarantine the article with the lesion for seven days. He shall look at the lesion on the seventh day. I mean, you really got to love your garment, right? To let all this happen. If the lesion has spread on the garment or on the warble of threads, on the leather, any article made from leather, the lesion is a malignant leprosy. It's unclean. The whole thing has to do with the ritual of cleanness in the presence of Yahweh. Keep that in mind, okay? He shall burn the garment. The warp or woof, the threads of the wool or of linen, any leather article which has the lesion upon it, for it is a malignant leprosy and it shall be burned in fire. But if the priest looks and behold, the lesion has not spread on the garment and the warp or woof, the threads of any leather article, the priest shall order and they shall wash what the lesion is upon and he shall quarantine it again for seven days. He should look at it after, seven, after the lesion has been washed and behold, the lesion is not changed in appearance and the lesion has not spread. It's unclean. Burn it in fire. It is a penetrating lesion on the worn or new article. But if the priest looks at it after it has been washed and behold, the lesion has become dimmer, he shall tear it out of the garment, out of the leather or out of the warp or woof of the threads and if it appears again on the garment, the warp or woof, the threads of, or any leather article, it is a recurrent growth of the lesion. You shall burn it in fire, that is the article of clothing or the garment, upon which the lesion is found. But the garment, the warp or woof, uh, or any leather article which is washed and the lesion disappears from them shall be immersed a second time and it shall be clean. This is the law of a lesion of sa'ra'at, on a woolen or linen garment, warper with threads or any leather article to render it clean or unclean. We keep in mind here, this is a command from Yahweh and it has to do with purity and cleanness of the worshiper and of the garment that he wears. Anything in the presence of Yahweh, uh, of his people, where remember, we've studied all these laws of sacrifices and offerings on a regular basis out of, in this time, two and a half, three million people making their way to Canaan across the, across the, the, the wilderness and so forth. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're going to have, they're going to have problems that they don't understand and they're going to have to understand of course, their problems would mean that they would, their sin would mean that they would be coming people from everywhere, millions of people, they're coming from everywhere all the time to offer sacrifices. This, these priests, these guys stayed busy. 
not just working with the worshiper with his sacrifice and teaching him a lesson about it, but also working with people who may have been unclean personally with regard to their skin or their garments. So they stayed pretty busy because Yahweh has established the fact that his people who are closest to him and come before him in worship are to come before him having been prepared within themselves and having been purified. They are not to be unclean. And God prescribes the way by which they may become clean or how they may acknowledge uncleanness. Very important uh, in the aspect of the worship of Yahweh. A sanctified heart is important today. A worshiper clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Nobody else can worship God except in Christ. So the idea here is that disease and decay are incompatible with blessing in the presence of God in the assembly of his people. He wants them healthy. He wants them purified. He wants them clean. And the only way that they can understand that they need to do something in order to be healthy is to be declared unhealthy. So this is one, one reason that these are important. Now, chapters 13 to 14 pertain to the diagnosis, the treatment, and the ceremonial cleansing of infectious skin diseases in the people and the spreading mildew both in clothing and similar articles and in houses, but that's in chapter 14 and we're not there yet. This particular grouping together of such diverse contagions is explained in that they're all designated by the Hebrew word tsarat, which, as I said earlier, is generally translated leprosy, uh, but it's a sufficiently broad term to cover any form of spreading surface discoloration or flaking, whether in humans or in objects uh, subject to mold or mildew. The abnormality of all these conditions would disrupt the wholeness necessary for Levitical worship and would render the infected person or object as an unclean thing. And that was something that Yahweh dealt with in his law. And the people would have to deal with as well by obeying his law. So here's one way we can, introduce, uh, we can outline. There's the introduction and then this, the test series of the skin disease, the second skin disease test series, the third test series for skin diseases and scars, the fourth test series for skin diseases and burns, the fifth test series for skin diseases in the scalp or in the beard, then identifying uh, a ceremonially clean skin disease and the relationship of skin diseases to baldness and the treatment of those who are diagnosed as ceremonially unclean. Now, that's the skin disease. So let's, let's look at it. Let's stay in this particular section and look at it in this way. The stereotyped description is given most of, the, of most of the 21 cases, and these are not types, these are cases of skin disease that are mentioned in this section. A preliminary indication of symptoms, priestly inspection or reinspection, a statement of specific symptoms as viewed by the priest, the priest's diagnosis, whether clean or unclean, 
If diagnosed as unclean, the isolation treatment must follow. And if the initial inspection is inconclusive, a seven-day quarantine is imposed to be followed by another inspection and a diagnosis or in some cases a second week of quarantine is then required. Okay. The priest did not function as a doctor to prescribe medical treatment. He functions more here like a medical officer, a public health officer who isolated a person with a contagious skin disease. He inspects them and he is inspecting them not for the sake of, of healing them at that point. He's doing all of this ritualistically and ceremonially. And then whether this contagion was merely ceremonial or also hygienic is really not the point here. Because the patient was basically left to natural or even supernatural healing processes to cure his condition, during which time he was isolated outside the camp in a condition of mourning with the responsibility to warn anybody who came near that he was unclean. This was in the law. This is why in the New Testament there, the lepers cry out unclean and those who see them cry out unclean. It's obedience to the law. The significance of this isolation was not only to prevent possible physical contagion, but also to symbolize the person's separation from the holy camp of Israel where Yahweh was dwelling. Now think about this just a minute. What is it that separated him from the camp of worshipers? Leprosy. Important point. We'll, we'll get more to that in just a second. Now the diagnosis and treatment of mildew and clothing and personal articles. Mold and mildew can disfigure the outside surface of certain articles, cause them to flake or peel. And this section contains three cases in which mildewed or molded articles are diagnosed as unclean. When clothing or similar personal articles were contaminated with mildew, they were shown to the priest who would isolate the affected article for seven days, after which if the mildew had spread, it would be labeled as unclean and it had to be burned. If the mildew had not spread, the article could be washed, isolated another seven days, after which it would still be regarded as unclean and burned up unless the mildew had faded after the treatment, the washing. Then only the contaminated part was torn out and burned and the rest of the article was washed again to be clean. And so then the entire regulation we saw was summarized in verse 59. So, Leprosy is one of the types of sin as is leaven in the Bible. We're taught here that sin is deeper than the skin like leprosy. If it was just on the surface, he was not so bad. But if it went beneath the surface, it was bad. Sin spreads, it defiles, it isolates. It's fit only for the fire. It begins as nothing it's painless in its first stages. It grows slowly. It often remits for a while and then returns. It numbs the senses. One cannot feel in the area that is afflicted. It causes decay and deformity and eventually makes a person repulsive. So what happens is the outer extremities of a person who has leprosy, he can't feel it. It's numb to him. 
and the flakiness and it starts peeling off. He loses the tips of his fingers and then he loses the rest of his fingers, loses his nose. At some point along the way, he'll die with leprosy, loses, loses toes and then his feet because he can't feel it. And such a person in that condition is repulsive and is not allowed into the assembly of worship. It's a type of sin. Sin can numb us. It comes on slowly. It really doesn't hurt when it starts out, but it gets worse and worse until the person becomes deformed and then even repulsive. That's sin. That's what sin does to us. So to end this thing, garments reveal character in the Bible. <laughs> John R. Rice. He was a flaming Baptist preacher of a day gone by. John R. Rice. He still, his group still published with the sword and the something. Anyway. His wife, this would have been in the early 60s, I think. Sister Rice. It's a good book. I, I don't advise everything that John R. Rice taught or whatever, but his wife wrote a good book. Somewhere in my library, I have a copy of it. And the title of the, and it was a book for young girls, teenage girls. And the title of the book was this. Your clothes say it for you. My granddaddy, my mother's daddy, I've seen the notes of the sermon. My uncle has my granddaddy's preaching stuff now. My mother's only living sibling. And he, he preached a sermon on the bargain counter. It was the name of his sermon. He was a fiery preacher as well, Baptist preacher. And it was a sermon that he used to use to preach to young people in, in the gatherings of, of youth. And he would talk about how people would go into a store and if they were permitted to handle things, and pass them from one to another. Then those things became less valuable. And finally made their way. To the bargain counter. And you can see the point that my granddaddy would have made. How people need to be young people. Especially, they need to be dignified. need to be careful how they dress. And how they make an appearance. In the world, as old sister I said, your clothes say it for you. Well, in the Bible, garments reveal character. The prodigal son, they were told to take off his old stuff and put new stuff on him. The priest who had old wrinkled nasty clothes, he had to have new garments placed on him. So this is the way clothing covering the garments 
are used this, in this way all the way through scripture. They are, these garments are associated closely with the individual who wears them. The Israelites fleeing the Egyptians and now secure on their way to Canaan didn't have to worry about being defeated. They had the pillar of fire and, and, and the cloud, the mighty cloud. Moses as their leader, the millions of them in the formation that God told them to get in. And while they, and while they didn't have all of the access to the glorious types of garments and materials and articles of clothing in the world, what they had is what they put on to present themselves before Yahweh. It may not have been the most stylish thing in the world, but it had to be clean and it had to be right to come before Yahweh. Because what would stain those, that clothing would also stain the appearance and could be unacceptable in the worship in the Levitical worship of Yahweh. So God teaches this very deep lesson that is just as applicable to us today as it was back then to them. Because we still identify ourselves with our garments. You go into the military, you have to put on a uniform. When I was a law enforcement officer, I had to wear the uniform. If I'm to be, if just because of, just because of what I hope is my character inside, I hope to be presentable in this world. I may not be able to afford all of the highest and finest fashions, but if at least, at least if it's clean and presentable, then this is desirable for me. And it is something that expresses my identification in the world. And of course, Yahweh knew this, the covering of garments that his people had. So we still identify ourselves with our garments. And we're closely identified with our garments. Here's what's going to happen to me in the next few weeks. Pat is going to say, that's for the summer, that's not for the fall. She doesn't ever do that without bringing me something from Omar the tent maker who made something that fits me. And she would say, here are your trousers and here is your shirt. This is what you'll wear Sunday. Right? Yep. See, I can tell when she looks, when I first came here, I had a favorite pair of pants. They just felt good. I felt like I could probably run a marathon, defeat the world, do anything in those pair of pants. And I wore them a lot. Fin finally, the time came, they were a green color. The time came when I was headed to church. Pat said this. Are you wearing those pants to church? <laughs> I 
My reply was, apparently not. <laughs> and she directed me in, into the place where I wanted to go and showed me what I needed to wear. Thank God for that. I would look like a, the slob that I am, but here's the point. She knows it better than I do. You should be presentable and should look as dignified as possible in this world because we are a reflection of who we are before the Lord and we are a reflection of those who are worshipers of Yahweh. And this is the way it was with his people. They had to be different. This is why all these laws are given. You're different. You can't eat certain things because you're different from the rest of the world. You have to have an appearance because you are different from the rest of the world. You have to be careful because to go before our great and living God, we have to be purified. We have to have our sin dealt with. And we have to stand before him in such a way that he has deemed acceptable. So, we keep those things in mind as we study these things in Leviticus. All right, let's pray. Father God in heaven, how wonderful your word is. Help us to see these important things in our own lives. And help us to be strengthened in your presence as worshipers, always, always. And then, Lord, use us for your glory in this present time. In Jesus' name, amen.